Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Manifestation Mastery on Blog Talk Radio. Life-changing manifestations with your host, Sterling Meyer. episode of Manifestation Mastery. I'm your host, Sterling Meyer. And for those of you who have just tuned in for the first time, let me tell you a little bit about who I am. I am a manifestation specialist, and I've worked for companies such as Google and the Lifetime Channel, also A-list celebrities, as well as countless individuals. And I'm the creator of the AOM system. So what that is, is a system that my clients apply to their lives, and it provides them with a step-by-step foolproof guide for mastering the manifestation process within 30 days in all areas of their lives. So that's who I am, and that's what I love to do. You can learn so much more simply by visiting my website, getyourlifenow.com. So today's manifestation story I'd like to share with you is a very recent one. I have a current client who's working with me, and I'm going to call her Gigi because of client confidentiality, unless permissions granted. So one of the areas of her ideal life she created while working with me is an incredible job offer. Like she had this mapped out, right? Details, everything. And She wanted this job offer to come from the place where she had just started interning. And when she first started working with me less than a month ago, she had just just begun this brand new. She had no idea where it was going to really go. So with my guidance, she created this company, which she loved interning at, that, that they would offer her like a really handsomely paid position with room to expand and grow and lots of incredible challenges and lots to learn. Uh, So, as if, like, by magic, she was just given this extraordinary opportunity for which she happily agreed to. And it was amazing because when she was sharing with me all the pieces that moved, it was just so unlikely, so magical, so miraculous that it just fell into place, like, perfectly, seamlessly. It was just amazing how simple and effortlessly it all showed up, you know, all of a sudden overnight. So not only did this manifestation come to fruition as designed, but the other areas of her life are also moving from what she totally and completely ideally envisioned into the physical reality of her life, all within this promise of 30 days. And it's it's tangible. She could touch it. She could feel it. Like these results are there in all areas of her life. So woohoo! It is so fun celebrating these breakthroughs with my clients. Oh, my gosh. And it really is. The whole time we work together, it's just celebration after celebration. And you can see why I love doing what I do. So I want to now, I, I now welcome you, my very, very special guest on this episode. This episode I've titled Stories of Glory plus a slice on the side. <laughs> Harlan Williams. Many of you know him 
from hit films such as Dumb and Dumber, Down Periscope, Half Bait, Something About Mary, Disney's Rocket Man. He's also had an illustrious career, and he also still has it, okay? Didn't mean to say past tense. As a visual artist, a children's book author, uh, adult book author, a musical recording artist, he's producer, director, podcast host, He's got Puppy Dog Pals, um, the wonderful Disney show that he completely, this is all him. It's so exciting. And um, seriously, I just want to know what has this guy not done? So we will be discussing and uncovering the mysteries that surround, you know, people's successes, how they do it. What are the secrets that determine our successes and our happiness in life? And perhaps more importantly, how can we have it show up in our own lives? So all calls pertain to the manifestation process or law of attraction are welcome. I'm going to give you the call number now. So get a pen and paper, 516-387-1582. And let's see, where'd he go? Um, I saw him just waiting in the waiting room. So let's see. Um, (laughs) Okay, I'm going to send him another invite and see if he'll show up. Anyways, he was right there. So maybe maybe he's just just, uh, popped out. So let's just see. He actually just sent me a text message. Okay. Anyway, so he's he's right here, guys. Um, I'm gonna tell you a little story about the slice on the on the side. The reason I put that in there is because um, we had a little joke. You know, we had this little joke, and the joke was about pizza. You know, I was telling him, "Oh, look, if you come out and visit me, I've got so much pizza in the freezer." So every day we used to, you know, send each other this joke back and forth about pizza and it just got so wacky and so funny and uh, all around pizza. I, I, I kid you not, this must have gone on for at least two or three weeks. So let me just welcome our guest with a nice intro. Can you hear me? Harlan, can you hear me? Hello? Harlan? I see you're there. Harlan? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello, hello? (laughs) All right, give me one second, guys. I see him. And, um, yeah, let's see, clicking you in now, buddy. (laughs) Isn't this fun? This is what live shows are all about. So, um, yeah, so let's do this. And are you there? Can you hear me? Harlan? 
Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Are you there? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Can you hear hello. me? There you are. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm on my landline. I, <laughs> I tried to connect to the computer, but it's not letting me. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that that would be, possibly be it. So this is better. I got you this way. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this just the funness of live, live shows, you know? People Wait people a minute. Forget. Are we live? Oh, yeah, 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 you're on the air. Oh, my God, hold on. Let, let me put you're on, on my air. British voice. There we go. Now I'm ready to be interviewed. That sounds a lot more sophisticated. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Top uh, of the day, mate. Lovely, lovely. Thank you so much for being on this show. <laughs> While I was trying to get you on the air, um, I was filling up the time trying to explain why a slice on the side was part of your show and how we've done these crazy pizza exchanges for the last couple of three weeks. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's all like it's all very secretive, though. I didn't go into detail, you see. So you got to keep it. Just believe in the slice. That's all we've ever asked anybody. Believe in the slice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just so tickle pink that you're here, man. And you are always up to creating amazingly funny and but awesome and funny hilarious projects now i don't know if you could hear the introduction that i gave you on the top of this show but i talked about all the things that you've done i can't think of anything you haven't done and you've done it like so seamlessly and effortlessly like i've watched you work and it's just amazing how you know you go from an idea to a reality and the way that you bring it into fruition just seems to be so with so much ease and love um for the creative process and i just think it's so extraordinary how you not only exceeded in all your various creative pursuits but you know you've created this content for not just adults but children such as your books and your disney show puppy dog pals and which has been a huge success so I have a question for you. Are you ready? Yes. Woohoo! All right. So let's start. Yes, I'm ready. What is your question? Okay, enough of that. So. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> That's your crowd. <laughs> Holy God, did you just open your fridge or what happened there? Are there people in your fridge? Have you got elves? No, this show's like backwards, right? Because then the laughter's canned, but the show's live. Okay, so it's wow. very different. <laughs> oh right. my god! So we all right. So as you know, like I define the process, the manifestation process, as this: we have an idea. Number two, then we have an emotional reaction to the idea, such as, yeah, I want to experience that. Number three, that inspiration guides us into taking certain action, which then leads us to number four, the realization in the physical world of that original thought. So if you could break it down, what would you attribute to your successes? In other words, what did you do and who were you being as these things were initially envisioned and then became your reality? Wow, okay, well, 
the simple answer is just to go for it. You know, I mean, it, it, it's 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 all about just getting up off your butt and recognizing what you want and going for it. You know, it's Ray Bradbury, the famous writer, once said, "If you want to be a writer, sit down and write." You know, and if you want to be a singer, sing. And if you want to be a comedian, be funny. And, you know, you just have to figure out what – I think half the battle is figuring out what you want. And then once you know what you want, you just go for it. It's like if you wanted to walk downtown from your house, you would find the most direct way to walk downtown. You wouldn't go walk to Greenland and then cut across to downtown, you know. So – I think it's about just people, at least in my life, figuring out what I wanted, kind of visualizing it on the horizon like a sunset and just aiming for it and and walking towards it, moving towards it, doing things to get me to my destination. Yeah. No, and and that's great. And you know what I'm hearing you say? Like, What I'm hearing you say is like you've got an idea. It's like you crystallize it. Like you said, you just go for it. But what is really great, Harlan, and I think a lot of people need to understand, is the whole simplicity of it. And it's a human being that makes all the complications through, like, excuses or, oh, I don't have this, or they get stopped. But really, it's just like those four steps that I just outlined, and that's what that's what you do. And it, it, the hardest thing for people to do is keep it simple. Well, the trick is to just always visualize, like picture a horizon and some mountains and the sun. And all you have to do is, if you want to be an author, then make the sun your book or if you want to be a singer make the sun your your gold album and just stare at that spot and walk towards it and know that anybody that comes in front of it you just have to move to the side it's kind of like when when Moses parted the red sea in in the 10 commandments it's like you just have to move through the crowd and stay focused on your objective and there's going to be trees that fall in front of you there's going to be people that walk in front of you there's going to be traffic jams there's going to be log jams but you just as long as you just keep moving through it and know that anything that comes at you is just an obstacle and you can push through it it's like it's like you ever go canoeing and you're you're like going down a river and it's really easy to paddle and then all of a sudden you come into a shallow area and there's like you know, a hundred yards of lily pads and suddenly it's like you're paddling, but it's still hard, but you kind of just work your way through the lily pads and get back to the other side where it's clear. And if you can stay focused, you can get there. But I think a lot of people let other people or other events um, pull them off their trajectory. And that's when they ultimately fail. Yeah. So that's really, really great. I mean, hearing all of Thank this. Thank you. I you, came up with uh-huh. that myself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because you're, you're, uh, 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 your co-star, Jim Carrey, talks a lot on this subject. And he talks, you know, that famous story about how he wrote himself a check. And he used to go and look out over the city off of Mulholland and just keep this vision alive. And it sounds 
you know, very similar. Right, same thing. He he wrote that check. That check, in essence, became his sun on the horizon, and he mm-hmm. aimed for it. And and a lot of people, I think, just get the idea, oh, I think I'll do this, I think I'll do that. But if, if you don't have a target, if you don't – like when I got into stand-up comedy, my target wasn't to be up on stage and be a comedian – like that, that, you know, a lot of people can do that. My target from day one was to be on the David Letterman show. I, I wasn't looking at conquering, working as a headliner in Seattle or Ohio or, you know, California. I, I was looking, I had my eyes focused on the David Letterman show. And that was my journey. That was my trajectory. And, 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 you know, getting through amateur night and getting promoted to regular gigs and going on the road and headlining in, uh, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio for a weekend. Those were all great. Those were all monumental steps, but they were just like, in my mind, they were just like, you know, little stopping points. They they were like refueling stations on, on the highway to get to, you know, my destination. And so I always had my eyes on on David Letterman, because I always say, if you're going to start something, why, why aim small, like aim, aim as high as you can. And then, you know, I ended up doing Letterman like five times or something. And the tonight show with Jay Leno, like, I don't know, 15 or 20 times. I did Conan O'Brien show like 20, 30 times, like, you know, but that first Letterman was my goal. If I, if I had if that was the only one I ever did, I would have been content. You know, that that was my destination. And once I got there, other opportunities appeared, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really, really great. And and so let me ask you this. Did did you ever have any moments of, of doubt or your ideas? And if you did, how did you deal with it? I mean, even fleeting moments or? No, it's it's uh, well. I had I had I had one. Well, let's put it this way: I never had any doubt. Um, mm-hmm. I I always knew, actually, from when I was a little kid, that I kind of projected all the stuff I wanted to do. You know, Letterman, TV, movies, voiceover work, all that stuff. I I kind of visualized it at a very young age, so I was never anxious because I just. In my head, I was always convinced it was going to happen. I was always like, yeah, it's coming, you know. And everything I visualized as a kid happened. And and I'll give you the one time I only had any doubt. It was for one night I was doing, I'd just come to Hollywood, and I just got a new manager, and my manager thought it was great, and he said, you know, I'm bringing every big agency in Hollywood to come and see you for over two two nights. I'm going to do Friday night and Saturday night, and we're going to fill the comedy club with CAA and William Morris and, you know, the studio. Like, And he literally filled the comedy club with these, these high rollers. And then before I went on stage, you know, and I was still a bit new to Hollywood, he said, he said whatever you do, don't don't talk to the crowd, just go up and do your jokes. And I said, well, talking to the crowd and doing my jokes is, is who I am. That's what I do. And he said, just, just do your jokes. Don't talk to the crowd. So, so I went up 
and and all of a sudden I was doing something that someone else wanted me to do, and I wasn't being true to my own voice. And I went up in front of the highest players in Hollywood, and I bombed. For 20 minutes, it was almost silent. And then the next night, he said, don't worry, that was just a fluke. Do it again. Don't talk to the crowd. And I listened to his advice, and I went up on that second night, and I bombed again. And it's the only time in my career I, I remember I ran upstairs after the show, and as as a grown man I don't normally cry, but I just broke down in tears. I was crushed, and and I realized that what happened is I I, I let someone knock me off my trajectory. I let somebody knock me off my course, and and they muted my voice, and and I I just I felt so defeated and crushed but i'm also a guy who believes in god and spirituality and i just i just looked up as i was crying i i huddled on the floor of this comedy club upstairs and i looked up towards the sky and i said i said god you know even though i failed in front of everybody i i know there's a reason you wanted that to happen i know you you meant for that to happen to to teach me something to make me stronger to teach me to always listen to my own voice and never let anyone get in front of my path again and after that it was just smooth sailing so i had one night where i kind of I, I i i was on shaky ground but the rest of the journey's been like solid like full steam ahead it's like as if you really did learn that lesson you know and from that experience. Yeah, well, you know, it, it was hard because I was in front of the top players in Hollywood, and, and this manager I had was one of the top top guys. Like, you couldn't get any bigger. And so I just went, okay, I guess I better listen to them. They know what they're talking about. But I I realized, like, it's always okay to take advice and get help, but always follow your instincts when it comes to your own creative creative endeavors you know it's not like science where you have to put molecule a with molecule b and you get your component right but with creativity it all comes from an inner voice and so you you, you know in other to in, in, in the only way to be an individual artist like prince or you too or andy warhol or dolly whoever you are if you don't if you don't listen to your unique voice that you've been given then you're just servicing someone else's voice and you'll you'll never get to that purity of your artistry. Yeah. Yeah. Um I have another question for you. So who inspired you and what part have they played in realizing your aspirations? I mean, do you think having role models are important to keep inspirations alive for people? <clears throat> You know, that's a touchy subject with me because I, I have two two points of view on that. I, I I think people inspire us without even trying. Like, you can see something and go, oh, my God, that just moved me. You know, like the first time we all saw Star Wars, we were like, oh, my God, or the first time we saw a magician or a great singer. But But those are all, you know, those are all the works of other people, however great they may be. And so I've always tried to be leery of influences because I realized when you're being influenced, you're being influenced by what someone else did in the past. 
and it's something they've already done. And when you think about, let's just say, the history of comedy like Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin, there was no one before them. You know, there might have been a caveman dancing around like on a log looking stupid, but but there was no one before them. They just They just, you know, figured out how to be funny on their own instinct. And I felt like, I always felt like if you study someone too much and hold them up as an influence, in a way you're just kind of using what they put out. And so I always say being influenced is a little bit dangerous. It may sound a little pompous, but I, I almost kind of try not to be influenced because it's like I just, I want to create my own thing that, that it, its own voice, you know. Oh yeah, uh, you know. But that I, being I, and said, I, it, it's it's hard not to be influenced because we have so much coming at us. But I always think the best art, the best artists, like you know Salvador Dali and Charlie Chaplin, and like these guys all came. Picasso, the, they started something. And when you start something, there's no one teaching you it. It just it comes out of you. You know, there's there's no reference book for what Picasso did or what Charlie Chaplin did. It's just, it just came to them. They let it come through them. And so to me, those are my favorite artists. The the ones that just, they have a natural gift and it just comes to them. They don't, they don't have to watch Saturday night live to be funny or watch George Carlin or Richard Pryor and go, Oh my God, they're so funny. I want to be like them. You know, it's like, no, but forget them. Be you. And those are the true artists that come out in life, I think. Yeah, and you know, I really I really love that you said that because I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. There is that line. Yeah, right? <laughs> it takes a while, but we got there. Um, but yeah, I agree with you because it's interesting to listen to what other people are doing, watch that, and, and be like, wow, that's great, you know. And in, in a way, we kind of see our own greatness in it. We're like, you know what? That just inspired my own greatness to want to come to the surface. And that's great, you know? Yeah. Because it's you. But when you try to emulate someone and the, at, the, at the risk of, 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 you know, leaving yourself behind, that's inauthentic and it doesn't work. It never does. It just simply doesn't work. Um, I like to read a lot of autobiographies because I'm curious about how people live their lives and how they experienced it because I think it's interesting. Not in comparison to mine, it's almost like learning a different way to fish or bake a cake. It's like, oh, that's interesting. You do it like that, huh? You know, I didn't even know it could be done that way. That's kind of enlightening. It's just interesting to me, but without it being that kind of influence. Um, uh, to keep me from being me. So, um, yeah, I totally get it. And I think it's a really important point to make. Um, what, let me ask you this. What has been the most magical, mysterious, and unexplainable event that's happened to you besides meeting me? <laughs> I don't think anything <laughs> tops that. <laughs> um Oh man, that's that's a really broad question. It's it's like there you know, there's so many pieces, it's it's like there's so many cool things in life that that are magical that have you know, everything from 
my first time going to Africa and feeling the essence of, of Africa and traveling to different places in the world that are just so exotic to achieving career goals, to achieving relationship goals. It's, you know, the first time you fall in love, even the second or third time you fall in love is just, there's magic, you know? And so there's just too many, there's too many, too many things. I couldn't just pick one, you know, cause there's too many beautiful magical moments. And, and uh, I have had a couple with you, by the way. So that's that's uh, you're you're right in that tapestry. <laughs> and one of the one of them involves involves a very magical person, Jim Morrison from The Doors. So I'll just <laughs> I won't tell the whole story, but let's just say me and you had a magical night with Jim Morrison and The Doors. We'll, we'll leave your listeners wondering, but it's actually true. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yes, it is true, folks. It is true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hello. Um, hello, Dolly. Um, all right. So I wanted to ask you this, you know, recently I had read the book Into the Wild about a young man named Christopher McCandless and his quest for truth that led him into the wilderness of Alaska just to seek universal natural enlightenment that the society around him really couldn't offer, but he felt like nature in the wild could. And you and I have spoken in the past about one of the things that I find so fascinating and very few people know about you. Uh, it, this is not on your IMDb page, but was the time that you spent as a park ranger in Canada out in the wild with virtually no connection to the outside world. And you told me before that that experience stayed with you throughout your life. So can you share what you got out of that invaluable experience? <laughs> yeah, it was. I was very fortunate. I worked as a forest ranger for about five summers up in northern Ontario, Canada, on the, on the shores of Lake Superior, up up in that region, very um, remote and uh, isolated lumber camps and and uh you know one of the lumber camps i i worked at we were on a big lake and as the foreman i was the only one that had access to a boat and i was able to a motor boat and i was able to go out to this island way out in the lake and we were we were so off the beaten track there was you know these are we were in places where i don't think any human had ever stepped and so I used to be able to go on my off days and after work out to this island and just like be by myself and and just, you know, be in these environments and walk through forests where there was just nobody or anything. And I, I guess to sum it up, I felt like I was communing with God, you know. I would I, I know it sounds crazy, but I used to I used to take all my clothes off and leave them in the boat. And I'd traverse through this kind of virgin forest with nothing that was a man-made material. It was just me and my flesh and the trees and nature and any animals that I encountered on these walks. And and I tell you, man, it, it just felt like I was, you know, if Adam was naked in the Garden of Eden or cavemen walked around with no clothing, it it, it really connects you when you don't have even a wristwatch or a ring or a or a pair of underpants like when you're just when you're just in that raw form that God created us and you're in 
the raw world that he created where there's no human architecture, there's no buildings, there's no there's no synthetic man-made material. It's just you and the water and the trees. You have an incredible connection. You You suddenly realize kind of who you are in a very pure form. And it was so powerful that it stayed with me my whole life, and I think it really grounded me, even though I'm even though I'm a nutty guy and I, I create crazy content, my, my inner spirit is completely grounded in the fact that I feel like I walked in God's world and I touched the face of God when I was in that purest form as a human with the world that he created. So that might sound a little nutty to some people, but it was Going back to your question about beauty, that might have been one of the most beautiful moments in my existence, you know? Right. Yeah. And and how did it impact the rest how did it impact the rest of your, your life, your journey? Well, it, it, it made me realize what the real world was and what the mm-hmm. fabricated world was. And and the real world is very simple, just like you said at the beginning of the conversation. It's it's the water, it's the trees, it's the air, it's the earth. And I think people forget that they run around year after year with problems and pressure and 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 they forget that all this stuff is is man-made. All these buildings and all these environments we live in are they've just been put up by human beings. And it's it's kind of in a way not the real world. It's the world we've created. But the real world is actually out there in the wilderness. And I always, I always say, you know, if you, if you dropped, you know, ten bars of gold in a forest, the only living organism that would bend down and pick it up is a human being, because we've put value on these ridiculous things. But every other animal would, you know, a snail would crawl over it to eat a dead leaf. A wolf would crawl over it to would step over to either eat a dead rabbit, you know, but human beings have created all these kind of false worlds and these false things that that they make their lives into. And and so by connecting with the real world the way I did, it, it made me kind of realize that what's what for me, you know, like what's what's real and what's kind of just an illusion or it's not an illusion because we I actually live in it, but what's kind of you know what's real and what's important you know mhm, and it's like you're you you were able to discern that and always know that as you move forward, which then made a difference it sounds like you know in, in coming into a big city where it's los angeles hollywood you know la la land land of illusion smoke and mirrors but you say you were able to stay grounded in that environment from this experience is what i'm hearing you say yeah and it doesn't mean i didn't have turmoil or pressure or run into obstacles or or you know have hard times i mean that's just part of the human beast but 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 when things got crazy, it it gave me a great place to spiritually retreat to. You know, whenever things got insurmountable, I could always, I could always just go back in my mind to those days when I was walking through those forests and go, oh wait a minute, yeah, this this is what's what's real. You know, this parking ticket that 
that's got me enraged is meaningless. This fight I had with this guy over this project is so what? You know, like when you have a place you can go back to where you kind of understand what what's real, it's it's for me it was very helpful. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, I mean Exactly. This is, it's like being able to discern that, you know, when I work with my clients and things like that, that's the clarity that they gain from, you know, working my OM system is being able to see what is meaningful or what isn't meaningful and to, to be able to see the difference. And that makes you unstoppable really. And it keeps you connected to fulfilling on your purpose and the whole reason why you're here. Like I say to, you know, my clients, I say, look, you're not here to run up bills and, and work yourself to death and pay them and run up bills and work yourself to pay them. But, you know, this is American way for so many people. They've lost sight of what's actually important because they've gotten on that treadmill. Once that gets broken up, you realize the real security is within you. It's never been out there in the world. It's, it just never has. It's always been within you, the power that you have to create anything out of absolutely nothing, regardless of the circumstances that surround you or the lack of resources that you perceive. Um, so that's, that's, that's really great. I love this. This has been so awesome. I mean, you and I are having like conversations here that I don't even think we've had. I've known you a really long time. However, there's a reason why we've known each other for a long time. Clearly, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And we, we, it's almost like an understanding of where we both come from um, that's kept us together like glue. So (laughs) throughout all this time, it's so awesome, you know, and I just, I remember the very first time I met you, like it was yesterday and how there, it was just, you know, people come, people go and everything, but man, there was clearly something unsaid in the moment that was almost like we identified each other, like we're cut from the same cloth or we came from the same planet or however way you want to describe it. And I think it was that that's kind of kept us together throughout these years. Um, what was the most creative endeavor that you feel like you had? Or, you know, you've done so many things. So I'm just curious about, like, is there anything that stands out that was sort of, you know, unique or especially um, rewarding or enlightening? Well... I kind of made it my mission to have every every year be enlightening and exciting. So I've I'm one of those guys that I guess chases a lot of different mediums because I I'm stimulated by the creative process no matter what it is and so I've been one of these guys um you know my whole life where I've I've painted, I've acted, I've written, I've sang I've sculpted, I've, you know, I, I don't, I've done podcasts, I've done radio, I've been a radio DJ, I've been a sitcom star, I've been a movie star, I've been a, you know, I've done stand-up comedy, I, I just, I don't know, it's just, I I, I, I kind of like to, I kind of look at creativity as a, as a buffet of food, it's like, I want to, I want to just try every flavor, you know? And some people might say, well, you're better off if you focus on one thing, which might be true, but I'll never know the answer to that because I've been one of these scatterbrained guys that loves to try everything. And for me, that's fulfilling. But uh, 
There's days where I go, if I just focused on one thing, would I have been so much bigger at it? But but I think in life, it's it's what's the point of being so much bigger at something? To me, I, I guess I find more fulfillment in trying different flavors. You know, it's it's like if you listen to music but only listen to hip hop and you never listen to Sinatra or you know blues or gospel or whatever, or if you if you traveled and you only went to one country, like sure you'd it'd be great, but think of all the stuff you'd miss from not going to the other countries. So I guess I've covered a lot of creative real estate and that's kind of been my my journey and and by the way I feel like with each endeavor I've done I've done pretty well at all of them some I've done better than others you know like stand up comedy and acting I've done better at than I've done with singing but you know at least I've tried them all and that's to me that's the the flavors of life so for me you know but I'm not but that, saying that's how everyone should be, but for, for me, that's what drives me, I think. See, but that's it. That's it. And I love your your attitude about it. It's like you do it just for the sake of being creative and experiencing yeah. it, not as a means to get success so that you can prove to yourself that you're worthy or that, you know, you... Uh, it, it, you, you, you're lovable or whatever you feel like you're missing that you got to get out there. And that's what's so important. It's not in, in order to feel happy or satisfied with myself and blah, blah, blah. It's just simply for the sheer act of creating and experiencing it, which is really an important yeah. thing to point out. And that's what you, that's what you do. And that in itself is a success and you feel successful, Right. Yeah, well, I did. I did one project that took me six years to complete. You know, I'd, I've I've done over the course of my acting career. I think I've done like forty, forty three or forty five. You know, feature films and a bunch of sitcoms and everything. And and I realized all of them are like, you know, they're they've all been a collaborative, um, you know, effort of a, a lot of people. And I thought, well, you know, before I die, I want to do one movie that's just my voice like no interference and not in a selfish way but just in a creative way and so i actually like wrote directed shot edited acted in cast wardrobe makeup props vehicle like i i I shot a a whole feature film that took me six years you know but but i did it you know and it wasn't i knew it wouldn't get famous i knew no one would distribute it i knew a very limited amount of people would see it, and it was six years worth of hard work. But I did it because I I wanted to I wanted to see what it felt like. I wanted to fulfill that that need to to do that, and it, and it was beautiful, and I loved it, and it was a great experience. And it wasn't a you know I probably lost money doing it, but it was like it was so beautiful, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I totally get it. I just want to open the call lines uh, to everyone out there, 516-387-1582, 516-387-1582 for you callers out there. If you want to call in, this would be the time to do it. I do have a call waiting um, oh, here. Oh, I hope it's not my dad. If it's my dad, <laughs> just hang up. 
please. Oh my please, God, no. this, is this is great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you might be more intuitive than you realize. Let's see, this is area code 830. Um, eight, all right, 830, you're on the call with me and Harlan Williams. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. Um, Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, Hi. I was just listening listening to what Mr. Williams was saying about going through the forest and kind of getting one with nature and God and just being who he is, that that was really fulfilling for him. And I'm wondering on the AOM system, is is that kind of the attitude that you get uh, when you do the system? I mean, do you get to the point where you're down to who you really are and then you can go out and be who you were created to be with, with this? Uh, Mr. Williams was saying he tried all these other things. And for some people it may be just one thing. But is, is that kind of what that system helps you uh, create? Yeah, exactly. It helps you to really get out of your own way. We can often be our worst enemies and the best worst enemies that we know of. And the AOM system really does provide a pathway for getting out of your own way, simplifying the process, really getting to understand how simple it is to realize anything and everything you want without limitations, without thinking that you have to have something that you don't already possess. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, yeah. Is that, does that answer your question? Well, sort of. I'm interested in knowing uh, a little bit more about it as far as, like, how do you go about doing it and um, does it involve exactly? Well, you know, you're more than welcome to Check out more information on the website, getyourlifenow.com. And you can also contact me there for a consultation, complimentary consultation as well. So, you know, that will give you an opportunity to answer a lot of your questions and prepare you for a consultation if you do choose to arrange for one. Well, I was just, you know, with this uh, COVID stuff going in around and, um, kind of trapping us all into nowhere. We can't go out and do much of anything. Uh, this might be a good time for me to explore that. So I, I will give you a call. And um, is that right? Uh, is that the right number, the 516 number? Is that the number I call you at? No, you you, you do have it. There's a number on the website. Oh, the website. This is okay. just for the radio show. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that was mainly what I had to uh, ask you. All right. And also, well, don't you. be afraid to don't be afraid to get naked and walk through the forest. It'll do you <laughs> wonders. Good for the soul. Is there any place you can do that? I like to swim naked, but <laughs> just find a place where you don't run into a family having a picnic, and you'll be just fine. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you for calling. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Bye. So, um, yeah, so I have another one last question to ask you. Now, I had this, this, you really blessed me with this awesome story. It never left me, all right? And it was about years ago when you were 
wanting to publish your children's book. I love this story. Can you share it? Because I think it is so extraordinary, and it says a lot about obstacles and what to do with them. Right, right. Yeah, that was one of my – so when I was in college, I studied animation, and back then – it was pre-computer animation, so it was a very laborious um, process where you had to draw every frame and then paint every frame and shoot every... It was, it was the old classic Disney style. And so when I got out of animation college, I, I was like, man, it feels too much like an assembly line. It's a very slow process. So I wanted to do my own artwork, so I thought I, I would pursue writing and illustrating my own line of children's books. And... Um, and so I didn't really know how that all worked. I was very naive, and I drew up a bunch of drawings based on a little story that I wrote about a little dinosaur. And uh, I found a list of, I got very proactive, and I found a list of every single publisher, children's book publisher in Canada, where I was living at the time in Toronto. And I photocopied my manuscript, and I photocopied my artwork, and I sent it out. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I mailed it out to every single publisher across the country. And over the next few months, sure enough, I got a rejection letter, you know, a polite rejection letter from every single place, you know. And, and on the day I got my last rejection letter, I was just so determined. You know, I talked earlier about focusing on your objective. And I, I was like, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm, I'm going to, this has just made me want it more. And so I went back to the phone book and I looked at the publisher that was closest to my house. And it was, it was about an hour and a half drive away. So I, I said to my mom, I was living at home at the time because I was just out of college. I said, can I borrow your car? And she said, sure, and I took my artwork and my manuscript, and I drove out to this publisher, and I walked in the front door into the reception area, and the receptionist was like, uh, can I help you? And I said, I was kind of fired up. I said, look, I got some drawings, and I got a manuscript for a kid's book, and I want to show it to someone. And she was like, well, you can't just barge in here and, and do that. That's not how it works. You have to set an appointment. You have an agent. I said, no, I just I have this stuff, and I, I want to show it to someone. And as, as I was kind of going back and forth with her, this this man stepped out of a door, and he crossed through the lobby, and he kind of saw that I was a little animated, and he goes, what's going on out here? And I I handed him the stuff. I said, I got some artwork, and I got a manuscript, and I want to show it to someone. And and he looked at it real briefly, and he looked back at me, and he said, he said, okay, well, uh, give me a few minutes, and uh, and I'll get back to you. And he he took my stuff, and he went back in the door from where he came, and I was like, okay, whoever that was, and. The receptionist said, well, that was pretty good. And I said, why? And she goes, that's the owner of the company. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so then I sat out in that lobby for about an hour, and I noticed all his staff, like, motored into that room. And he came out an hour later and said, I want to publish your books. And I said, books? Well, I only have one. And he goes, yeah, but I want to make this into a whole series. And I was like, okay. And and that started it all off, you know. And those books, by the way, probably, you know, we ended up publishing five books, and those books kind of 
caught the eye of some people in Hollywood, which led to my introduction to my first manager that sponsored me from Canada to move to Hollywood. And so that one act of being determined probably set the course for my whole career. And I didn't even know it. But but even though children's books aren't part of the stand-up comedy world, it, it was enough that it, it made me stand out from other comedians and caught the interest of of a big, you know, manager in Hollywood. So that that one act of determination and persistence, you know, probably set me on the course for my whole career, which blew up into, you know, cut to all these years later, I have the number one hit animation show on Disney Junior called Puppy Dog Pals. They just ordered our fifth season, and it plays in 140 countries all over the planet. And it's just like... It probably had I not had I not driven to that publisher that day, I don't know if the rest of everything would have fallen in place. You know, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is awesome. I love it. I love how we're wrapping up the show with this last story because it's extraordinary. I'm going to take one more call. We've only got a couple of minutes here, so we're going to step on the pedal. It's my dad. Uh, I will hang up so fast. We've got <laughs> seven six five. All right. Um, all right. Let's connect. Hi seven six five. We've only got a couple of minutes. Um, yes. Go ahead. Uh, Do you have a question? Oh hey. Yeah, I was just listening, and I was wondering what would be a good way to um, introduce this podcast to to someone important. Yeah, without any background or anything like that. Just, you know, uh, like I've been listening and everything, but uh, I don't know how to introduce it. Wow. Um, I don't know how. <laughs> like the start of it, the start of it, like uh, like uh, like something that would ring in your ears or something, you know, keep their heads ringing. How would you introduce? Uh, uh, I mean, what it is? Yeah, it's so nutshell. it's so good. It's so good. Like I I I just need to like uh, get it out there, you know. Well, it's Harlan Williams with uh, Sterling Meyer and manifestation mastery and making your dreams come true. That's it in a nutshell. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah yeah! Thank you so much. You yeah, I think so I think welcome. the way you get it out there is if you like it, you you know you retweet it or push it out on your social media, and it's kind of that whole you know she tells two friends and then she tells two friends and then so if you really like it, just share it, and maybe someone else will like it the way you do and share it with some other people. So you're in a way you'd be helping spread the word. So hope that helps. Oh yeah, thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for calling in. Bye. That was oh, nice. Um, she really liked yeah. the show. Oh, well, that's Great. awesome. I, I, I was kind of speechless. I'm like, well, you had a good answer, you know, and I kind of gave my nutshell answer stuff <laughs> together, you know, working as a team. So, yeah, we um, did it. <laughs> so real quick, what are, you, what are you working on? And I know I want to tell everybody, harlanwilliams.com, that's your website, so I'm just going yeah. ahead and make that announcement for you. But is there anything, you know, that you would like to share with everybody that you're working on or that you want to talk about or let people know about? Well, I have a funny little passion project. I talked earlier about that movie I did that took six years, and I just kind of did it on my own. Well, I'm, I'm kind of doing another passion project now. It's, it's very bizarre, but it's very comedic. 
it's a, it's a series of videos. It's a series I call Two Guys in Their Underpants. And it's this kind of the adventures of these two weird-looking Ken dolls. And I've taken them all over the world with me. And wherever I go, I shoot little episodes of them either sitting on the beach or, you know, I threw them over Niagara Falls. I took them to Burning Man. I took them to the St. Louis Arch. I've, I took them to Saudi Arabia. I mean, I've, I've had them everywhere. And so uh, I, I, I've started doing these little videos called Two Guys in Their Underpants, and you can see them exclusively at a website called Patreon.com. It's a, it's a website where you kind of pay a small fee to watch exclusive content. And for those that are interested, you can go to Patreon.com backslash Harland Williams, and you can even jump on and pay the small fee to see if you like it. And if you don't like it for a month, you can jump off. And when I say small fee, it's like $5. So for $5, you could watch all these hilarious skits I've done of the two guys in their underpants. And uh, I think we're up to third, 25 episodes now. And I'm just about to post the Halloween episode. So, um, so yeah, if anyone wants to check that kind of wacky comedy I do that's kind of on the side on my own, and uh, same thing, I shoot it, I direct it, I do the voices, I I do all of it by myself, and uh, it's it's very different and weird, and if you like, if you have a bizarre sense of humor, I think you'll really enjoy Two Guys in Their Underpants at patreon.com backslash Harland Williams. <laughs> Hey, listen, I can verify this is funny. Harlan, you have no idea, but I've been watching these episodes, and I am just blown away with your creativity and everything. It is so out there, and it's so funny, and I'm just like in awe. I'm like, I kid you not, I'm like, this is great. Like, who does this? Who's done this? Nobody but you. And I have to say, guys, you'll get addicted to it. You'll watch the next one and the next one and the next one. So, listen, I give my complete five-star approval on it because it is so funny and there's nothing Thanks. out there like it. I haven't even told you yet that I've been spying on you and your two guys <laughs> in underpants. And uh, awesome. I think I might have even seen it on your Facebook page. You might have given a snippet on there. Or something. Yeah, I do um, little teaser trailers for people yeah. to uh, put them up on Twitter and Facebook for people to look at. But um, yeah, go to patreon.com and uh, it, it's really out there comedy. I take a lot of risks with it and it's really edgy and stupid and you know, these guys are doing everything from flying around on ceiling fans to having sex with the St. Louis <laughs> Arch to farting themselves over Niagara Falls. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty, it's pretty it's wild. Really I love it. It's so freaking funny. It really is. Yeah, the is. Halloween episode, they, they find a pumpkin that's covered with herpes, and they, they make a herpio-lantern, so it's, there's some fun stuff coming up. <laughs> Look, I want to really extend my deep gratitude for you being a guest on my show and sharing so much with the listeners and me. And it's been so much fun. And um, here's a round of applause for you. <laughs> 
That's enough. Anyway, we're running out of time, so you only got half the applause. But you awesome people (laughs) out there, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the show as well as my YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook. All the links can be found on my website, getyourlifenow.com. The icons are listed on the homepage on the right-hand side. If you're interested in learning more about the AOM system, 30 Days to Total Transformation in all areas of your life, feel free to contact me and arrange for that free consultation, and we can discuss if the AOM system is right fit for you. So until next Wednesday at high noon, West Coast time, take care of yourself, and I wish you an abundance of magic and miracles in your life. Welcome to Manifestation Mastery on Blog Talk Radio. Life-changing manifestations with your host, Sterling Meyer.